Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Very cool beat to start us off. Hour number three on a Thursday. Oh, it's going to get musical here in a second, but don't worry. We've been covering plenty of sports today. Chad and Zay with you. All of the charges have officially been dropped for Chris Beard's situation. We've been talking about that. Tennessee got by Bama last night. Damar Hamlin apologized for a jacket. Adrian Peterson was offended, and we were just shaking our heads. And Trayvon Diggs wants Stefan to be a cowboy. Don't we all, Trayvon? I don't know if that's going to work. We've been getting uh, through that. We had a flex segment for you. Chip Brown joined us about an hour ago talking Longhorn basketball, baseball, and football. Love this beat, Zay. What do you got to start hour number three? You all recognize this? I actually do recognize it. There we go. Um, This is something that I just listened to, isn't it? That's right. Is this on the Method Man album? Nah. Or is this on... Was this on the Wu-Tang album? Wu-Tang album. This is on the Enter the Wu-Tang. Right. Okay. What song is it? Cream. Oh, okay. Cash rules everything around me. Cream with the money. Yeah. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. That's a catchy-ass song. One of the greatest songs of all time. Yeah, that is good stuff. All right, so a Wu-Tang beat to start the hour, which means it's a RZA beat, correct? Correct. There we go. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We're going to class. We're going to class. All right. Uh, Chad and Zay with you on this Thursday. Lots of sports out there, of course. Uh, Our lineup for you tonight, we got Ball Don't Lie, of course, coming up at 3 with Rod and Harge. Longhorn Weekly with Rodney Terry. If you want to check that out, by the way, it's over at Pluckers, the campus location. They do that live at 7 o'clock, talking basketball. I'm sure they'll be talking about how this team needs to bounce back from the loss in Lubbock. 8 o'clock for you Longhorn Football Freaks, Longhorn Blitz Podcast. We'll get that replayed for you. And if you love soccer, Soccer Matters. Matters at 9, special edition on a Thursday, because we had to move it because of Texas basketball, but Glenn Davis with Soccer Matters at 9 o'clock tonight. All right, so what we're going to start doing on Thursdays around this time, we're going to have some extended musical discussions. You hear Zay and I talk music all the time, and a little while ago, Zay set out an idea where he thought, well, first off, for some reason, Wu-Tang Clan came up, and you decided I need to listen to the first record. So I did, and then you said, well, now you need to just listen to the solo stuff because each me- there's a solo member that has their own album right after that and started telling me about you know RZA's vision for it and everything. It's like, all right, I can get into that. So I have been tasked with listening to the album's you know, in I'm going to go in order, starting with Method Man, ending with Iron Man, which is Ghost Ghostface Killer. Killer. Okay, uh, so I'm going to do that, I'm, uh, and, and I'm going to talk about the Method Man, you know, album here, 
And then we decided that I should pick five albums that Say should listen to. So again, we're picking stuff that's a little bit out of our comfort zone, but it's stuff we can get into, stuff we can respect. I didn't grow up on rap and hip-hop, but there's some of it through the years that I've grabbed here and there. First time I grabbed Straight Outta Compton, I loved it. I loved it. It gave me an appreciation for not only Dre, but Cube, and you know, so on and so forth. And I'm trying to understand you know, different, different versions of it. So that's what we're going to do here. And so this, for this week, I, uh, I listened to the Tikal Method Man album. 94 release? Yeah, that's I right. I believe it's August. Let me get this exact date right here. November of 1994. And then Zay's going to talk about 1987's Appetite for Destruction. So who's going first here? I'll wanna, go first. You want to go first? Yeah. Okay. Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction, 1987. I'm assuming you'd heard, you know, you'd heard probably three of these songs before? Yes. You'd heard Welcome to the Jungle, yeah. Jam, Paradise City, and then Sweet Child of Mine. Exactly. Okay. So those are the songs you knew. Love all those songs, by the way. You already liked them. I do. Okay. So you already liked the vibe there. So tell me about the whole record. You listened start to finish. What did you think of Appetite? Okay. It was good. Now, did some songs sound the same? Like Welcome to the Jungle and Maybe Anything Goes sounds very similar. Interesting. Now, maybe it's not this one, but that's the vibe I got on some of the songs. Hmm, okay. Night Train, one of the worst songs I've ever heard. Other than that, terrific album. Interesting. Bagging on Night Train. That's the only one I okay. really didn't like. Didn't like Night Train, but you liked the other songs yeah. on the album. I, I could see why a 25-year-old Axel was so popular. I can see why Slash was that dude. Yeah. I felt what everybody felt that's a huge rock and roll fan that says this might be the greatest album of all time. I I felt that. You got it. I got it. Okay. Interesting irony there because Night Train might be my favorite song on the record. <laughs> I love Night Train. I've always loved Night Train. Uh, Appetite for Destruction was big because... So in 87, the, the sort of hair metal... Uh, artificial, plasticky kind of metal was really there. You had bands that had been successful, and then you got derivatives of those bands that were out. Guns N' Roses put a put an absolute hand grenade in their barrel and blew it up with this album. And it was like, oh my goodness! Yeah. And that's what was cool about this album. It was it was raw and it was grimy and it was sleazy. This is the best example of sleaze metal I could ever give anybody. Some bands got called sleaze metal. This is what sleaze metal should have been. Just dirty, grimy, we don't care. Here's what we're going to sing about. And you heard some swearing in there, right? Yes. It got a little raw It at got times. a little raw. I was like, oh, whoa, yeah. okay. Right? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, All this right. is Brownstone's pretty good. Now, in this song, it's so easy. Is this Axel? Uh yeah 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 that's it awesome. is uh huh okay so he just changed his voice a little bit from yeah. welcome to the jungle to this yeah you got down I was a like bit. is this the same dude yeah you going down I like that yeah yep. I like that if you're able to change in hip hop we call it rhyme scheme I don't know uh-huh. what y'all call it but if you're able to change your rhyme scheme and switch it up that shows me range there I respect that with Axel is just getting drunk you know <laughs> getting drunk and doing it so easy. Yeah, That's all it was. Yeah. You could tell they partied hard, too. Oh, they did. Mr. Brownstone, I believe, is about heroin. And then 
Which one? One of them's about heroin. One of them's about alcohol. I mean, Night Train is alcohol. Mr. Brownstone is heroin, if I'm not mistaken. And then the closest thing you get to a love song is My Michelle on this record. So there you go. All right. So Zay, Doug, Appetite for Destruction. You have a grade on this one? For me, I'm sorry, rock and roll fans. I know y'all are going to hate me for this. 7.5. You're going 7.5 out 7. of 10. 7.5 out of 10. All right, a 7.5 out of 10. That, is, that disappoints me a little bit as a uh, an Appetite fan, but that's okay. My wife will say you were way too high. She does not get into Guns N' Roses. She kind of is sick of Guns N' Roses. She thinks they're way too overplayed. I think she's wrong. But um, So 7.5 on Appetite for Destruction. All right. It's going to take a lot for me when we go rock and roll, not hip-hop and stuff. Because, again, like you said, yeah. Yeah, now I've comfort zone a little bit, even though I know of a lot of big time rock and roll and hits yeah. like that. You just haven't sat you haven't sat and listened start to finish to a lot of rock records. Right. right. Now, just like me with the rap and hip hop stuff. For sure. Yeah. Now, if I listen to somebody else that you have on the list for me, maybe this could change depending on All right. what somebody depending else what sounds like. Oh. Or it could make that person sound worse. So up next, you've said you're going to listen to the album My Wife Has Suggested. Is that what you're doing yeah, next? Yeah, that's Def Leppard, right? That is Hysteria by Def Leppard. Yep, got oh, that ready. Oh, I can't wait to hear what you think of Def Leppard's Hysteria. Got that Hysteria. ready. First track, woman, ready to go. All right, Zay, let's get into this. Let's get into this Tikal discussion. So 1994, November 15th is when this album came out. I am all about concepts and music. I love the idea when Zay told me about the way RZA conceived of the beginning of the Wu-Tang Clan, the fact that there's nine guys in this band, and the fact that he had a vision and said, we're going to get the record deals for everybody, and then we're going to put out separate records. I think that's absolutely insane, and I love it. I love that he was thinking like that in the 90s. So, the Takao record, I also like the fact I'm an old man that gripes when albums get up to 20, 25, 30, 35 tracks nowadays. I like that it was 13. Thank you, yeah. Thank you, RZA. Thank you, Method Man. Um, overall, Zay, I enjoyed this album. Um, I think Method Man, a really good, solid rapper to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm following along. I'm a lyric guy. I need to be able to hear what you're doing, right? I need to be able to hear the way it rolls out. I thought he did a really good job there. Um, Bring the Pain is a great song. I, I like What the Blood Clot. That was a good song. Uh, the Meth versus Chef was good. The Release Your Delph with Blue Raspberry. I don't even know who Blue Raspberry is, but I really enjoyed her little take. Her little take on, um, yes, exactly, on, uh, what's that song called? I Will Survive. Her little yeah. take there yeah. on I Will Survive was fantastic. PLO style is good. Mr. Sandman is good. I still need to go back and listen to the Mary J. Blige redo on All oh, I Need. Man. But that's a great song. The original All I Need right. is a good song. It is a good song. So overall, I thought it was a really solid record. I wouldn't say it's like my you know the favorite rap album I've heard so far. I liked it. I would go back through it. I'm going to go. This is, it's tough for me because I'm trying to figure out where do I start the grading process. Right. Right. Because if I go too high too quick, I may get myself trapped. I don't want to yeah, do that. Yeah, don't do that. I'm going to go... 8.5 on Takao. Damn. I'm going to go 8. Out of 10? I'm going to go 8.5 out of 10. Damn. For what, for what it is, I can hear the foundational quality of it. And from the first few tracks of ODB, I think I'm going to like Method Man a little more than I'm going to like ODB. 
Okay. I think. I think. So right now I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I was I didn't want to go. I had eight point three, and then I went up to eight point five. It's interesting because out of the five Wu Tang albums that you're going to listen to, this is my least favorite out of the five. This is your least favorite. Okay. Takao. Yes. Okay. From ODB's album, I think that's great. Raekwon's is my favorite. Cuban Links, Liquid Swords. You're gonna get to that with Jizzle then Iron mm-hmm. Man. This is my least favorite, and you know this was the first one that. Rizzo was throwing out there for the individual guys, and they yeah. were recording this on their first tour. So how locked in were they? Because this was their first tour. They were still trying to figure uh, out the okay. industry. So right after 36 Chambers came out, everybody went on tour. Rizza and Method Man, while everybody was doing who knows what, hanging out with groupies, you know, working on their own craft, etc. Method Man and Rizza were like... Back in the back of the bus recording this stuff like in a closet so it, it feels like that you know it feels like yeah. they didn't get the didn't get to take the time to really get in the studio like yeah. they wanted to and put some out i know russell simmons and def jam they were giving method man like a specific time he had to get this done mm-hmm. so if you hear him talk about it like he kind of tells how he felt pressured and like it kind of sucked because he knew that he was the first one and he couldn't enjoy the road like ODB okay. and Ghostface and like the rest of them because Dev Jam, they gave him a deadline. Okay, now this is a weird question. Now, do you think I need to knock my score down a little bit? Am no, I giving it too you. much love? No, it's on you. It, it might change when you listen to the rest of them. Yeah, okay. It's just... That's where I didn't know where to start, right? I wouldn't, because yeah. I didn't want to give it like a, it, 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 it's not, it's better than a seven for me. It's better than a seven, but I get what you're saying. And the, the interesting thing I'm, I want to know as I go through these records, rap is specifically challenging to me in terms of making it memorable, making it like go with you. That's a tough thing to do because the ability to just pull off the rap itself, the body of a rap, that's incredibly talenting. You have to have a talent to do it, but do you have something that makes me remember it? That's a tough little skill sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And and when you're talking about a basic pop song or rock song or something, that's a little easier to do. And over the years, you can hear the rap folks and the producers figure out, oh, wait a minute, let's do a little hook. Let's do a little this. Let's do a little that. Like with... You know, stand by Eminem. Can I sing you every bit of the verse? No, but it's gone cold and wondering why. You put that in and give me that little hook. It feels like this is sort of an early day version of where that is. I don't know how much of this Method Man stuff I will remember, and it will come back to me in my in my mind. If that makes any sense. Like when when Def Jam saw Wu Tang and everybody, all the record labels were picking and choosing who they wanted out the group, and they saw Meth, they were like, okay, this guy great looking the women are gonna love him so we could flip it that way yeah but also his hooks are incredible like ice cream and cream casseroles everything around yeah. me no that's the thing that's a great example because that stays with that you stays with forever you. that's what def jam was thinking i'm right. not saying method man is bad yeah, or yeah, anything yeah. but they were right. like okay that is special right there now is his lyrics going to be there to make songs right. like that? Yeah. Will he need the crew? Billboard, when we had the list and threw it out to y'all last week, they had Method Man at 25, and I was like, that's a little high. Yeah, you wouldn't have him that high. I wouldn't have had him that high. Yeah, but it's good. I, I, I enjoyed it. I'm interested to see, like you said, where do our grades change at all or just our thoughts change through it? Somebody texted us as a music buff five minutes into this segment, and I already love it. Great idea. I hope you keep doing it. We are, because we're trying to just kind of go through. I'm all about... 
trying to be a 48-year-old music fan that is always willing to listen to new music. Right. I'm not always in the mood for it, but I'm always trying to keep my brain open. So whether it's my, with my teenage daughter, I'm trying to listen to stuff and find out why she thinks it's important. I like it when she brings a band to me or an artist to me. And I go, oh, yeah, I hear this and this and this. Now you go listen to that because here's where they got that from. Or here's where right. – if my, if my kid comes to me with a cover, like my kid – when she first heard it, she thought Chris Stapleton sang Tennessee Whiskey. I'm like, well, no, 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 no. George Jones sang that song. Go listen to yeah. George Jones sing yeah, it. Yeah, got to check her. That's important, you right. know, that kind of stuff. So I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, there's certain, I mean, there's rap stuff I've already heard that I love, and now I get to kind of compare the Wu-Tang Clan to that. So uh, that was that was cool. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just glad you got to Appetite for Destruction. It's an album that I think is re- for rock fans, especially male rock fans, I think it's a standard kind of album. And yeah. you can hear why. It's just punch a brick wall, let's go kind of music. Oh, man, I was riding in my car. And went, I didn't have a lighter on me, but I was looking for one to light up because it felt like one of those moments where you rock back and forth and they just rock the crowd, those Guns and Roses. Yeah, that's a song that some people probably have gotten tired of it because they think it's overplayed. I never get tired of Paradise City. It, it gives me something new every time. All the, the musicianship of it. Steven Adler on drums was beautiful. Slash is a beast. Axel is perfect Axel on this album. And again, it's just, it's, I don't care. That's what I like kind of about both these artists, because we know the Wu-Tang Clan does not care on certain levels about what you think of them. Guns N' Roses didn't care what anybody thought of them. Right. At all. So I'll be interested to hear what you think of Def Leppard. So next week it'll be Def Leppard's Hysteria, and I will tell you about Old Dirty Bastards. Let me see if I get this right. Return of the 36 Chambers, the Dirty Version, I believe is the name of the so record. So good. Oh, so good. Deep. I have already listened to a little bit of what's it called? Shimmy Shimmy Ya. Shimmy Shimmy Ya. Now that's a catchy song. Yeah. See, that's one of those catchy hooks where you can feel That might be his most popular song. You feel those moments where Rizzo knows, oh yeah, they'll remember that. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring them back with that, that one. That and Brooklyn stuff. Zoo. Brooklyn I, Zoo I is have, a legendary song. I've just started Brooklyn Zoo, I think. I heard a little bit of it. Yeah, it's good. They that's, say if you play that anywhere in Brooklyn, no matter what neighborhood people will just jump out of their seats and go crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. So 94 was Tikal, and then uh, the ODB record is like 95, right? It's right after that, 95 yeah. or 96. Yeah, and, like that. and it sucks because I've heard Method Man talk about it like, yeah, I didn't get – he's like, I love all my brother's albums, and they killed it, but I felt like I was so rushed during Tikal, and I wanted to go first time being on tour as a group. We're working on the album. So he was just salty. He didn't get a chance to enjoy the luxuries of being on tour like the rest of his crew members were because right. Rizza were working he's doing majority all that. of the time. Yeah. Yeah. He's in the he's in the in the fact not in the factory, in the uh in the week in the lab. Yeah. He's in the lab trying like, to put it together. Yeah, Inner Thirty Six Chambers came out I think October or November in ninety three, and then Takao came out ninety four November. So think about that time span. And you have to go on tour. That's where you make your money. It's a lot of work. You know, that's a that's tough. But you're right about yeah. That's and that's a good breakdown on the the Method Man record too, because you being that close together, 
you there there almost needed to be time to reset yeah. to reset and maybe that's once you get to the ODB album and others then you kind of reset the the creative stuff there that's a, that is a lot to put out in just a couple years all right so the album reviews we'll do it Thursday at 2 we'll be discussing it throughout we have a lot of fun with music obviously and we hope you do as well maybe it gives you some ideas later on we'll get some of y'all's ideas i want to grab albums that that Zay and i have each never heard ever we just know they're supposed to be important for some reason, uh, and we'll do that. So Zay is going to go through uh, next year, next week. It'll be Hysteria by Def Leppard. He also needs to listen to Back in Black by ACDC. Ironically, I'm going to have him listen to IT, Ice T's Body Count because he's never yeah. heard that album. And then my daughter is going to pick an album. She hadn't picked it yet. But she's going to pick an album for you to listen to. So the third one you're going to listen to I'm is excited. her choice. Yeah, right. I'm really excited about monkeys. Her choice, because I don't know what she's going to do. Oh, if, she's going to do something if brutal she, for me. If she goes down one path, it could be Taylor Swift or Harry Styles. That's going to be my first two <laughs> guesses. But Zay, she's also gotten into old school stuff like Carol King, Queen, Fleetwood Mac, and ABBA. Yeah. So. She might tell you to listen to Abba Gold. I have no idea. I'm good with that. You might be rocking with Fernando pretty quickly here. I don't know. Let me ask you a question. When I was doing my research and stuff, I saw Slash was in another group kind of in the 2000s. What's up with that? Slash was in, uh, yeah, Velvet Revolver. Great name for a band, by the way. Uh, Yes, so, yeah, Guns N' Roses was, there was plenty of time where he and Axel were apart. You know, they they made a few records. They split. And then Slash, Duff the bass player, Matt Sorum, I believe, was on drums, so one of their later drummers, and then Scott Weiland of STP, the lead singer that's now dead, rest in peace, Trey Elling and Kevin Dunn think I killed him (laughs) by referencing him on the radio. He was the singer. He was the singer of Velvet Revolver. Okay. They did like two or three records together, and there's some really good stuff from the Velvet Revolver time. I would definitely tell you to go check some of that stuff out. Okay. Yeah, but that's what it was. So technically at that moment, there was no Guns N' Roses. Did they have beef, Axel and Slash? Oh, yeah. Oh, for real? Absolutely. Absolutely. One night on stage, before going out on stage, Axel made all those guys sign over the rights to the name Guns N' Roses or he wasn't going on stage. Like, that's who he was back then. Axel was nuts. Jeez. He was a crazy ego maniac back in the day. Supposedly held them hostage for the band's name. So he had the Guns N' Roses name for years and years and years. So Slash had a solo project called Slash's Snake Pit and stuff like that. He couldn't call anything Guns N' Roses right. for years and years. Then eventually Axel came back around. The band did a little something. Axel filled in for ACDC when their lead singer couldn't go and different things like So Axel's matured over the years, but it took a while. Took a while. Took a long, long while. Yeah, when drugs get involved, kind of alters your oh, decision making. Absolutely. The drugs and alcohol definitely, uh, definitely changed them. All right, coming up, why today matters. It is February the 16th, and uh, that means we got a couple big birthdays to hit. We got some, uh, some OGs with birthdays today including an OG with a dream. It was a silly-sounding dream. Some might have said it was even kind of a stupid-sounding dream. There's no way you could actually do that, and it happened. No, it happened. We'll tell you about his birthday today and a couple others as well. Uh, We got a lot going on tonight. Longhorn Weekly with Coach Terry at 7, Longhorn Blitz Podcast at 8, and Soccer Matters tonight at 9. Of course, when we're done, it's Rod and Harge with Ball Don't Lie. Keep it right here on the Horn.
Rolling through a Thursday. This is interesting. Are you going back to a song that I'm hearing that was sampled in a song later on? It was probably sampled. This sounds like this is how we do it to me. By Montel Jordan? Yeah. Okay, that was probably sampled from this. It sounds like that little, you hear that? When you first started, that's where I thought it was headed. <laughs> but I can tell now this is an obviously an older song, and this may be what was sampled. Yeah. All right, so what we got here? Slick Rick. Oh, okay. Children's Story. Do I need to go listen to some Slick Rick? Hell yeah. I hear, I hear the name all the time, and I never hear it spoken in non-respectful terms. I feel like Slick Rick is something that everybody gets into. I feel like this is somebody I need to go check out. Yeah, he's from the UK. Oh, really? Yeah, he's from the UK, but oh, then he came to New York and just embraced the New York style. Had a ton of chains. It was one of the first you saw with a, like 50 chains on, it seemed like. He had the <laughs> eye patch. He was fly. They say he's the best storyteller in hip-hop history. Oh, well, you know I'm into that idea. Let's go check that out. All right. Yeah. Look at all this stuff you're introducing me to. Isn't that great? Yes, yeah, like Rick's Fire. What's the song, name of the song, Zay? Children's Story. <clears throat> From Wikipedia. The song, This Is How We Do It, is representative of the hip-hop soul pop, uh, popular at the time. The song features Jordan singing over an enhanced Teddy Riley drum beat sample of Slick Rick's Children's Story. There we go. Bam! <laughs> Come on! Let's go. Good ear. Thank you very Good much. Ear. Thank you very much. Uh, now I know even more about that song. I didn't never realize. So Montel Jordan sampling Slick Rick. I think I'm uh, I think I'm up to speed. Slick Rick, ZZ Top, Ohio Players, Cindy Lauper, the Eagles. They've all been on the show today, including the Wu-Tang beat at the beginning of the hour. We hit our album reviews earlier. And uh, right now it's time for Why Today Matters. February the 16th. Unfortunately, we got to tell you about the death of a baseball legend. Here we go. Why Today Matters, brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialists. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialists. 512-601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com. Well, this one sucks. Uh, Zay, we talked about broadcasters. People just decide they hate, and I don't know why sometimes. A lot of them during my life. Tim McCarver became one of those guys. Throughout my life, people just decided they hated Tim McCarver. I still don't really know why. But Tim McCarver has died today at the age of 81, and I never got to see him as a player. He was, um, and as this story is pointing out, 60 years in baseball. Two World Series titles with St. Louis and uh, one of the most recognized broadcasters ever. That's how I know him. And my dad would always tell me about his playing time and how good he was and that he was a Hall of Fame player and all that. Played with Bob Gibson uh, most famously back in the day. And uh, But I know him as an announcer. He taught me all kinds of baseball. So shout out to Tim McCarver. Rest in peace. One of the voices of baseball for me in my life. That voice as a commentator uh, took me through a whole lot of baseball when I was growing up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wasn't familiar with 
uh, Tim McCarver very much, but I know that he's loved within the baseball community and the fact that spring training starting to, you know, come yeah. around and guys are starting to show up for catcher-pitcher practice and stuff. This is a time that he was very famous for, so I know in the game he'll be missed for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. By the way, speaking of baseball, have you heard um, – some of these rule changes in baseball this year are going to be weird to watch. Once we get to March and you know in April into the season, the most of it's been talked about where you, know, you can't do a shift anymore. There, you have to have two players on each side oh of the bases. They can't do shifts, and you can't be in the outfield grass. Like you, you know how cold Ken Griffey Jr. would have been if you weren't able to shift. Oh like, my! God. Are we serious? Yeah. Although during King Griffey Jr.'s time, I don't know that they shifted much. Did they not? I don't know. Not as much as they're doing now. I think it's gotten so bad, that's why they had to install this rule. What do you mean had to install it? They just, they, because not enough guys were doing what I've been screaming at the television for. Just bunt! Bunt down the third baseline and walk to first. Just hit the ball right there, giving you these huge... But guys don't do that. Guys aren't doing it. Back in the day, guys I grew up watching, like Joe Carter, Joe Carter would have bunted... 5,000 times if they let him. He's like, I'm oh, fine. I'll bunt down the third baseline. I'm on first. Let's yeah, go. I don't get it. Like, Tony Gwynn's rolling over in his grave right now. If you're going to adjust oh. all the way over to that side, okay, I'm going to take you to the opposite direction. Well, like, that's the let's thing. work on our game. That's how I see it. Yeah, nobody shifted against Tony Gwynn. He could hit it anywhere. Yeah, so why? why? This is soft. Uh, maybe I just don't know enough. I'm not educated enough from when, when it comes to the diamond. But I when guys are shifting – that should mean maybe you in the off season should work on hitting to the opposite side. I know that would be your weaknesses. Yeah, that's always been my reaction too. But this is how they're they're going to try to deal with that. And there's pitch clocks involved, and there's a couple other things going on this year. But the other one to keep an, an eye on, I'd forgotten about. They've made the bases bigger. Oh, I saw that in baseball. And one of the managers has called it a pizza box. <laughs> He's like, "Are you seeing this thing? Instead of 15 inches square, it's 18 inches square. So when a Based on the, the, the way they set the bases in the ground, now if you're on first, you are, I think I read, four inches closer to second than you used to be. So they're thinking maybe this will cause a little more stolen base attempt because you're four inches closer to the base. I don't know. And they're trying to do it for safety's sake, too. If you're, foot, you're the foot of the first baseman, right. foot of the runner, they're trying to do it for that. But just kind of watch that as you're checking out baseball games. If it looks a little weird out there, you're not seeing things. The bases are bigger this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I love to see more runs. You know me. I love the steroid era. Favorite part of baseball. Yes, bring, I know you do. They can bring that back. Hey, and guys be safe with it. Why not? Yeah. Juice up. That's funny. Juice up. But, yeah, I just – the whole – the base thing's weird. The – Field adjustment shifting, that's odd, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, Also, a quick birthday shout-out to one of the wildest ideas in the history of sports. And it sounded dumb at the time, I'm sure, to everybody he said it to, but he was absolutely right. Richard Williams is 81 years old today. It is one of the craziest things that has ever happened. I don't know if we can talk about it enough for him to come up with that idea. Now, is the old urban legend true that at one point with one of the two girls, he actually tricked his wife into having him by switching the pill with the Tic Tac? I don't know. That's just part of the legend that I want to be true. Uh, But to come up with that idea and then have it happen is stupid. It's just so stupid, and then he pulled it off. Excuse me, they pulled it off. It's incredible. It's incredible. 
I'm going to have two daughters that are both going to be professional tennis players. And then as it started to go, he said, oh, one of them's going to be really good. But the other one may be the best ever. Richard, calm down, man. And he, he was right. Yeah. Just crazy. Absolutely crazy. Happy birthday to Richard. 81 years old. I hope he's doing all right. I've not heard about him in terms of his health in the last few years. I know it, a couple years ago he was going through some stuff. Hopefully Richard's doing well. You know, the movie was incredible. I know the, the, the whole thing with the Oscars and Will, but the movie itself tells, tells that incredible story. Yeah, it's kind of a shame that Will Smith kind of tainted them celebrating yeah. that, like him being Richard Williams and then trying to get the award, like... They didn't really get a chance to embrace it like they should have yeah. due to him slapping the hell out of Chris Rock. Because Venus and Serena were there. Good grief. They were well. there. They were all you know decked out in awesome dresses and stuff like they've been many, many times. Those two are just fashion icons now, too. They looked incredible, and I was so happy as a tennis fan that they were going to get to really— and then all that happened, and it was gone. Yeah. felt I felt so bad for them. Think him. about all the folks that probably said, Richard, you out your damn mind right? if you think you're going to raise tennis stars in Compton. Right, that's the other, right, the other part of it, too, that where he's coming from, coming out of Compton, California, and then to say, oh, no, they're not going to play junior tournaments. What are you, what are you crazy? No, we're going to do it my way, this way. I've got a plan. It's going to work. And then it did. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's a great story. Absolutely crazy, man. I, I yeah, they 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 absolutely shook up the tennis world and then went ahead and shook up the rest of the world too. Happy birthday to Richard today. Coming up, stems and seeds. Before we get out of here, Tim McCarver dead at the age of eighty-one. That is a sad story out of baseball. We'll try to find you some more positive stories on our way out as we get you ready for Rod and Harge. Don't move. It's the horn. Sunday morning, clean your crib all day, yeah. It's that, yeah, I love you, but it's time we separate, yeah. It's that I don't hit the gym, but I've been losing weight. Bonsai tree up in my window, give it water, love, and patience. That's a great little reference there. I like that. Um, you have no chance, by the way. Really? Yeah, no chance. Zero. So, uh... Would this be like a younger? It sounds a little Kendrickish to me. Younger than Kendrick? Yes, younger than Kendrick. Um, newish. He's been around for about four years or so, but still newish. Right, still on. underground, not mainstream. What's the one? I always go back to the guy when Charles Amenehu was the was our intern. He introduced me to somebody. What was that guy's name? Oh, he's not Gunna. Gunna. He loved Gunna. Gunna. It oh, ain't Gunna. He thought Gunna was the coolest thing in the world. All right, so I have no idea. Coda the friend. Coda the friend. Coda the friend. <laughs> From New York. Really good rapper. Easy listen in the good way. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Coda the friend. I like that. Uh, that bonsai tree reference at the beginning. I'm fascinated by band names, artist names, and in the world of rap too. Just like you've had so many different names, you've got to come up with a way to make your thing. The friend would have never been my idea, though. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a strange idea. Oh, Donald Glover. You know how he got the name Childish Gambino? He went to Wu Tang's website where 
you could type your name in there, and no. they'll come up with a name for you. And Childish Gambino came up, and he ran with that. Are you serious? Dead serious. That is a great story. I never knew that. Childish Gambino is a great example. You, oh, yeah. Once you hear it, you'll never forget that. Never. Now, you could hate the first song you hear and never forget it, but if you like him, yeah, you're going to lock in on that one. All right, so Coda the Friend, Slick Rick, ZZ Top. Ohio players, Cindy Lauper, the Eagles, they've all been on the show. Nice Wu-Tang beat to start the hour. We had our album reviews earlier this hour. The Method Man album, Takao from me. Zay reviewed Appetite for Destruction and Guns N' Roses fans, I hate to tell you. I'm glad to tell you he liked the record, but if you're like me and you love Night Train, I'm sorry to tell you he hated Night Train. Of all the songs on that album that I that I thought you wouldn't connect with, I would have not guessed Night Train. Yeah, compared to everything else. Okay. Just wasn't for me. Fair enough. Great album though. Well, I'm glad I'm I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad you liked it. It was uh it was a big deal and uh and these Wu Tang albums are interesting to listen to as well. We're gonna go through that. We're gonna be doing a lot of album and musical discussions on Thursdays, uh, in the off season from football. But don't worry, always plenty of football to talk about around these parts. Let's get you stems and seeds before we get out of here. No stress, no seeds, no stems, no sticks. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. We got a shout-out earlier for a young man named Davion Davis. Wide receiver, went to Sam Houston, but he's a Hutto product, and he's on that Houston XFL team. Those are the kind of stories we're going to be following. Let's hope he can make a name for himself and maybe get a little chance, maybe at the pro level. Hopefully that's that's what you're looking for. Zay, we just got to find some XFL quarterbacks to get them the ball. I feel like there's going to be talent out there, but these quarterbacks need to step up. Yeah, say what you want about the talent. We know it's not going to be anything what we see on Sundays during the NFL season, but what you can't say about these guys, they don't love the game. Right. These guys definitely love the game. They're continuing to push their dreams and maybe try to get some NFL love out there. Hey, whatever. Kudos to them for are still playing and still giving in the shot. And go ask Cavante Turpin's bank account how it works out. For sure. If it, if it works out, it can work out. Yeah, he got Pro Bowl bonus money, too. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Absolutely. Uh, so there's always football going on around here. We're only 18 days away from Texas practice. If you missed it, March 6th is the start of Texas practice. Spring game will crank up on April the 15th, so that's 58 days away. By the way, we have extra information there. Bevo Boulevard is going to crank open at 9 a.m. on April 15th. Give you a little feel for Bevo Boulevard, and they will kick at 1 o'clock for the spring game. Right there, nice, uh, right in the middle of the day. Let's get it. 1 o'clock, kickoff time, and Quinn Ewers will be showing off his new haircut. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Okay, what if at this point he just shaved the whole head? Would that go send you the other way? Yeah, I'd be a little concerned. <laughs> yeah, if you came looking, came out looking like Trent Dilfer, I would not appreciate that. <laughs> that you wouldn't want. Absolutely not. Oh, my God. Also, we have uh, unfortunately had to say rest in peace to Tim McCarver today. Baseball fans, he's eighty. he was 81 years old and died uh, alongside his family today. I've not read about any particular uh, illness, sickness, or anything that was going on with Tim McCarver, but dead at the age of 81, a baseball Legend. All right. Uh, also, we started the show today with the Chris Beard update. Those charges have been dropped uh, against Chris Beard. More than anything else, for Chris Beard's sake, 
if he wants another opportunity, I hope he's able to get that. I hope he and his fiance are able to work through this situation. But Zay, we just realize it's it's never going to happen at UT. But hopefully, he gets another opportunity at some point because you know he knows ball. Yeah, he knows hoops. Yeah, he knows hoops. So he'll get another shot. We'll see who's going to be that team. I got a weird feeling it's going to be an SEC matchup in a few years. I can't, How do you think that? I can't think of who the team is even going to be right now, but I just got this weird feeling that Texas and some SEC team are going to get together in a few years as an SEC opponent, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's where Chris Beard is now. And Ugh. you know some tournament committees are going to try to put them together if they can. You know that'll happen. It's going to happen at some point. All right, Rod and Hart's coming up with Ball Don't Lie. Longhorn Weekly with Coach Terry at 7. Longhorn Blitz Podcast at 8, 9 o'clock. Soccer matters. We'll be back for a Friday show tomorrow. Stay safe. See ya.